Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. Thank you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord. It is a great joy to gather with you this morning on this day of Pentecost. We see the red before us speaking of God's gift of the church, of us all hearing in our own language of the mighty works of God. So it is a great joy to be able to share with you of those mighty works of God in this time of worship. Welcome to you all, especially those guests or visitors who may be with us. You bless us with your presence. We thank you for sharing in worship at First Church this morning and would simply remind you of the registration pads because it helps us to know of your sharing in worship at First Church this morning. Grateful to have with us John Quinlan. John has worked for several years now with the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. It's a ministry that's long been supported by First Church, and so we do well this morning to hear John's witness and to remember our connection with that vital ministry and to share our appreciation for the work John is doing and to know that we're involved with that work. So thank you, John, and welcome. As we gather, we remember as well that yesterday we shared in the ministry of the food bank and clothes closet as we do every third Saturday. I understand there were uh, some complications because of those of us dealing with the water issues from Friday's storms, but uh, grateful for those volunteers who shared in this ministry. Uh, by way of the food bank, 120 families received um, a box, 170 boxes were packed, 380 people were served, and 86 families were served by way of the closed closet, a total of 288 people. So again, thank you for your support. Uh, each third Saturday, and thank you for bringing in your contributions that help make these ministries happen. As we uh, gather for worship as well, we are mindful of ministries before us in the coming week. A slight change, uh, though again, we remind you again of the, the ministry of the Lunch Bunch each Tuesday and Thursday, and you see as well there's always room for more help with that for volunteers. So if you feel God leading you into this ministry, let Ed or Margaret Diedrich know. We have the prayer walk scheduled for Wednesday. We see that before us. There's a slight change there. We will still gather for prayer on Wednesday at noon, uh, but that prayer will take place here in the sanctuary. Uh, as we've gone through this this past week in which we, we still feel the, the grief and shock of the death of Travis Maxey a week ago, uh, we've had great concern for Parker Nichols, uh, who had a serious accident. He is home, thankfully. Uh, but he was in a Baptist hospital following a serious accident, and that has weighed on us as well. So we feel led to a time of prayer here at noon on Wednesday. This is for all, so I hope you may be a part of that time of prayer as we gather within this community of the faith to know God's presence and, and invite others to share in that time of prayer. Again, noon Wednesday here in the sanctuary. I invite us to prepare to worship God together.
Does anyone else find it ironic that the one Sunday we have trouble with fire is Pentecost Sunday? All right, thank you, thank you. I invite us to stand our call to worship before us. And in the last days it shall come to pass, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered together in one place. There appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We sing from the faith we sing, Gather Us In, number 2236.
On this day of Pentecost, I invite us to go to God with the words of our opening prayer as it is before us. Let us pray. God of wind, word, and fire, we bless your name this day for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit. We give you thanks for all the gifts, great and small, that you have poured out upon your children. Accept us with our gifts to be living praise and witness to your love throughout all the earth, through Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. We share first from the Old Testament, the book of the prophet Ezekiel, words that in many ways anticipate the day of Pentecost, which we will read from Acts chapter 2. We now read from Ezekiel, 37th chapter, verses 1 through 14. First we pray. Pour your spirit upon us, O Lord. Give to us your gift of life, that we may praise you and worship you and adore you and serve you, and to know the life-giving spirit that you give to us anew this day. Amen. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me round among them, and behold, there were very many upon the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise. And behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and as I looked, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great host. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you home into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, says the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. John, I'll invite you to come forward. Speak from our lectern over here. And John, thank you for your service to the church, and, and it's wonderful to have been in partnership with you. We've uh, 
served the, the, supported the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry, and I'll tell you, there's no one more faithful in writing notes of appreciation than John Quinlan. Not too many days pass, it seems, when I will receive a note handwritten from John. So John, thank you and welcome. Uh, I don't think there's any more appropriate scripture that Pastor Keith could have uh, chosen to read this morning than Ezekiel 37 about the dry bones. Dry bones is when it's too late. You look at dry bones, well, too late, man. But God said, no, they can live again. And very appropriate for prison ministry. Um, since about 1980, you as a congregation here at United Methodist Church have helped to send people to jail. And I'm one of them. And I want to thank you for sending me to jail and the chaplains before me. What you're doing is you're helping to keep a pastoral presence in the jails here in Martinsville, Henry County, uh, where we provide pastoral ministry and counseling, et cetera, to men and women who are in a tough place. Uh, we have four jails here in Martinsville, Henry County, and uh, 450 men and women behind bars here. It is a tremendous mission field, uh, which we are full-time missionaries. Uh, we function uh, as missionaries in the jails. <coughs> Uh, there's no government dollars involved. The inmates don't give offerings. The police don't pay us. So it's churches such as United Methodists and other Christians that help to keep a chaplain in the jails. And I'm thankful uh, since we're almost to May 31st to have a chance just to say personally thank you to the United Methodist Church and to Keith because I'll be retiring from full-time uh, with the jail ministry the May 31st. The new chaplain, Tommy Davis, is going to be starting on June the 4th, and he's a wonderful man uh, uh, that I'm excited to pass the baton to. Tommy's much younger than me, he's 45, but I believe he's uniquely prepared to uh, pick up the jail ministry here. Um, as a chaplain, my wife and I, we oversee right now an average of 15 volunteers that go into our jails and uh, share with men and women who, who need Christ. Uh, there's a couple of scriptures that I wanted to give you this morning that uh, I think describe the jail ministry. Ma Matthew 13 talks about four types of soil, and one type of soil, the seed goes in and grows, it's called the good soil. And we feel like about a quarter of the people that we see in the jails and share Christ with really begin to listen and change. And then it's a joy as they get out to see them go forward. Get Three quarters of them, young people that are here, three quarters of the people in jails have some connection to drugs and alcohol. So as you grow through your grades and through schools, if anybody ever tries to give you some drugs, you say, no thank you, no thank you, because you don't need those things, and you, you know that, I'm sure. Um, Matthew 13, 44, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, and when a man finds it, for joy he goes and sells everything he has, and he goes and buys that field. In our jails, locally here, are somebody you know, son, daughter, nephew, husband, and there are some treasures in the jails. There really are. Um, I can identify with them personally because the first 25 years of my life, I messed up my life completely. I, I didn't know Christ, and it was a mess. When I came to Christ in 1978, things began to change. God allowed me to start over. Trudy and I were able to get married in 1978. The next anniversary is our 40th anniversary now with children and grandchildren. God has totally turned our lives around, and it's all praise to him. So when I went into the jails, I felt at home. I felt like that could be me sitting in there. Very, very easy. I just look at them as equal to me. 
and I just felt at home. And I started in 1994 as a volunteer, became the chaplain four years ago full time. Um, so it's an amazing mission field. Hebrews 13.3 says, remember those that are bound as bound with them, as if that was you in the cell. And in pod number seven at the Henry County Jail, it's very easy to do that because when you go into minister in pod number seven to about 15 guys in that pod, there's a buzzer that you press and guess what, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for four years. So when you wanna press the buzzer, buzzer and leave that jail, you can't leave it. The inmates have to beat on the door with their foot and hopefully an officer will hear and come get you. But what I, I'm thankful for, it helps you realize what it feels like to be stuck in that cage. It helps you feel like what it feels like to be in jail. So remember them that bound. Matthew 25, Jesus said, I was in prison and you visited me. This is something he wants us to do and thank you for being a part of it. I mean, since 1980, you guys have been supportive of this ministry and I, I just, I thank you for that. You guys are awesome that way. Um, you're not only supporting 89 U.S. chaplains, but the funds go here to fund Martinsville, Henry County. But some of it goes to 300-plus uh, foreign chaplains. These are chaplains in very poor countries of the world where they, they need a good news chaplain. And some of that support helps to fund uh, overseas chaplains. We give out Bibles when they're asked for, correspondent courses, good Christian books, devotionals, and you're also helping support a 12-step in the jails, which is very, very important. It's a Christian 12-step. We hope to reach them in the jails with conquering their addiction so before they get out, they've got some, a chance to succeed and not go in and out of jail, in and out of jail. Uh, so thank you for that as well. It's very important part of it is aftercare, when they released from jail, because uh, it's not just sort of uh, uphill for them when they come out of jail, but very often it's more like climbing a cliff, seriously. Because when you come out, you're often broke. Some of them don't have clothes. Some of them, many don't have a license and don't have transportation. So it's like climbing a cliff to get out of jail and try to make your way. It's so hard. So it's very, very important, and we've developed over the last four years a resource list where we can connect them to many things that can help them get started and, and, and go forward. Um, locally, I'm so excited to partner with the Hope Center in Axton and the Community Transition House on Starling because these are places where when people get out of jail and they want to go forward with Christ and they need some temporary place to stay, these are two wonderful places. There's 18 guys right now at the Hope Center in Axton, and there's another eight to 12 guys typically at the Community Transition House. This is really helping people. The ones that wanna go forward need a temporary place to stay so they can get started, get the job, and start to move forward. And, and, and that's, that's a real help to them. Uh, Tommy Davis is gonna start replacing myself uh, here June the 4th. Tommy is uniquely qualified because from age 16 to 28, Tommy was incarcerated. God got a hold of him. His life has totally changed. He's four, 45 years old right now, married with two teenagers, doing wonderfully well. He lives in Kernersville. Tommy is a PhD candidate. He is a very gifted man. He's been a CEO. He's going to be very effective 
ministering in our jails because God just turned him around. And uh, he can share that hope uh, with the inmates. Lastly, I wanted to say this, that we're familiar with the idea of a real estate broker, a stockbroker. Uh, what the Good News Chaplain in our ministry is, what you are as a Christian, uh, we are hope brokers. God gives us a hope that enables us to go to places where there is very little hope. And let me tell you, a cage where they keep human beings is not a very hopeful place. Basically, these are cages here. These were not built for rehabilitation or correction. Our jails were not built for that. They were built to punish and warehouse people. We give them one to two years of this, nothing to do. They become out an expert on Judge Judy and Ellen, and that's what they know. And we tell them, okay, now get out and do better. And we send them out the door with a, a, a garbage bag of nothing but what they came in, and they walk along Kings Mountain Road at midnight. That's not going to help them. So we, you're sending us, thank you, we are hope brokers. We try to help them change, and that's what God wants us to do. Thank you all. Uh, dry bones can live. Dry bones are living. I wish I had time to tell you some of the success stories of God turning people around. It, God does, uh, the gospel works. The seed falls on good soil. So Pastor Keith and the United Methodist Church, uh, this isn't really goodbye. We're still going to be around here. We want to be volunteers in the prison ministry, which, by the way, we need volunteer help. If anybody is led, we have opportunities in the jail and out of the jail. But we're not going anywhere. We live here. still want to go into the jails, but I'm not going to be the chaplain after May 31st. It's time to see some kids and grandkids now and do some other things. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, John, thank you, and God bless you, and a new beginning. And, and a reminder, as we spoke after the first service, it's, it's our pleasure every fall, I think in November, to host a, good, a banquet in the Uptown Ministry Center uh, for the support of the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. So we, we look forward to continuing to host that banquet. And we welcome our children.
first of all, look at our new body of Christ. Aren't they amazing? Say yes. Say yes. I am thrilled to have had the opportunity to work with your children. Um, they add new perspective every week. They are a treasure and a gem to this congregation. Um, I want to recognize them. The older children did a workbook this year called um, Voice for Life. It's through the Royal School of Church Music, and they worked week in and week out learning how to use their voice to the glory of God and how to use their instrument of their voice. So it was a lot of theory, a lot of listening, a lot of boring work, but they did it. Even when they didn't want to, they, they still did it. Um, our young children, um, I'll have a presentation for them, but we'll get to them in just a minute. Let me do our older children first. They are receiving a certificate and a pen. And the pen says Voice for Life. So it's a recognition of having completed the first level. This has many levels. <laughs> okay, so Hudson Bell. Miss Lila, you get to see all your decorations on your folder. Miss Elizabeth Maxwell. Lily Kate Sapp. Kendall Sapp. Dylan Spencer. That's all of our children. Will you please give them a round of applause, please? Now, our younger children, they did not do theory. During their rehearsal time with me, um, we always had a Bible story. We had um, singing, and they learned something called solfege, which is the do-re-mi with their hands. Um, and they did melody bells, which gets them started with the handbells. Um, it's shaking to colors, but they learned how to hold a bell, how to dampen a bell, and it was probably their favorite part of rehearsal. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. DeVault? Okay, so, but they made their own ropes of faith. And so this is their presentation for this morning to be recognized. And this is Addison Soper. Sam Mulick. Gates, Gates DeVault. Aiden Spencer. Each one is unique because each they made their own, so that makes them nice. Cedar. And last but not least, Mr. Jack Showman. We had some missing members today. Um, Jack's twin brother, Will, is not here today. Um, Golden is not here. Harris Vaughn is not here, and Carson Jones. And in our older group, Keegan Jones is not here. Brady, uh, Brady Spencer, Brady Wells is not here, and Will Vaughn. They all have prior commitments, and the Jones had a, have a new baby, so they have a really good reason not to be here. One last thing, parents, guardians, anyone who was responsible for bringing these children and picking them up 
week after week, would you please stand where you are? You need to be recognized for your commitment. Thank you all. Thank you, Beth, and thank you, Kate. It's a wonderful joy to um, share in the chaos that is Monday afternoons here at the church and to know the children's choirs are, are contributing beautifully. Well, you can see that I've got, let me come around where you can see me better, because you'll want to see what I have. What do you think might be under here? Oh boy, a beautiful cake, beautiful little cupcake with something on top. Hmm. Why, why might we have a cake? Yes, other children come forward. I'm sorry I did not extend the invitation to other children, but we want all children to be a part of our children's time. Why might I have a cake? What are some of the occasions? Okay. Birthdays, birthdays, birthday cake. What are some birthdays? When's your birthday, Dylan? June? Caden? February 22nd? Elizabeth? April, April 18th? Mine's in November, so I've got a long time to go. But did you know, because we all have birthdays. Everyone who has a birthday this year, raise your hand. Okay, thank you, thank you. We all have birthdays. Did you know even the church has a birthday? Did you know that? Is it today? And we call today Pentecost. So some of us have, Caden, uh, tell us about what you're wearing there. Okay, the Holy Spirit, tongues as a fire on the day of Pentecost. In fact, there's a window right there next to Mr. George Clanton that remembers the day of Pentecost as well. If you look at that middle section of that window, you see these flames, just like some of you have. And it remembers that the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, like a rush of a mighty wind. It filled the place where they were all sitting, and there were tongues as of fire. And then everyone gathered in Jerusalem began to hear in their own language, even though they were from different lands, they heard in their own language of the mighty works of God. And so we say the church was born, the birthday of the church. Well, what do we sing on birthdays? Well, if we sing that for all of our birthdays, shouldn't we sing it for us? And I'm thinking when you all go to children's church, there might be a cupcake with a flame there for you. How's that sound? Okay, so we're gonna sing happy birthday and we're all gonna sing. We're all gonna sing, you don't leave here. Thank you, Jill. 
Thank you. And thank you, children. We're going to have a word of prayer, if you'll repeat after me. Lord, we thank you for your church. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for good news. And we thank you for this birthday. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, children. We stand as we sing spirit song.
We hear from the book of Acts, the second chapter, Luke's account of the day of Pentecost. We hear the word of God. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and to give ear to my words. For these men are not as drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Yea, and on my men servants and my maid servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and manifest day. And it shall be that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of our Lord.
So we find ourselves gathered in worship on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, we are fond of saying, as we have said in this service, is the birthday of the church. The day of Pentecost we see in scripture actually predates the Christian church. Pentecost, before the birth of the church, celebrated the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Pentecost was also a celebration of the harvest. These celebrations bring the people of God together. Now gathered for this celebration in Jerusalem, without any expectation on their part, without any invitation on their part, those gathered in Jerusalem experience the rush of a mighty wind or the rush of a violent wind. Tongues as a fire descend upon them and all people from every place on earth hear in their native tongues the mighty works of God. The red before us today, the flame and the logo of the United Methodist Church witness to the wind and fire of Pentecost. In such wind and fire, God's church is born. In such wind and fire, all is made new. There is a new beginning. We notice that even the disciple Peter, who had nothing to say when, as Jesus was on trial, is asked if he knows Jesus. Well, Peter has plenty to say now. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. All of this, says Peter, is fulfillment. The word of God and all of this fulfills the purpose of God from the very beginning. Now, in addition to this powerful witness to the work of God's Spirit on the day of Pentecost, as if that message is not powerful enough, you and I are also taken to a valley of dry bones. We are taken to that valley with a prophet named Ezekiel, and this story of Ezekiel seeing this vision of the Valley of Dry Bones is a story which at its heart wonders, is there a future for the people of God? God's people, we know, are at this time in exile. They live in a strange foreign land. They appear to have been defeated by the nation of Babylon. They have been taken from the land God had promised, from the land God had given, now living in exile under the rule of a foreign people. And the people of God see nothing telling her that this sad state of existence is going to change anytime soon. No life within them. It is as if they are dry bones. We'll notice our scripture tells us very dry. Perhaps the reason that song comes to mind of them bones, perhaps the story we, the reason we know this story as well as we do, is because at some point we understand. Regardless of our age, we often speak of the glory days gone by. Often we lament the loss of life as we once knew it. The times they are a-changing, and as far as we are concerned, they're not always changing for the better, if only we could go back. 
So we, as the people of God, may feel as if we live in a strange land too, as if we often dwell in exile. We may feel that others have triumphed over us, whereas we may remember the the church being at the center of our lives not that long ago, the church being at the center of our lives appears to be the case no more. Whereas in many ways, church appeared to order personal and public life not that long ago. In many ways, it feels as if the order provided by the church has given way to chaos in both personal and public life. So we understand what it feels like to look out over a valley of dry bones, very dry. And we wonder, can these bones live? Now Ezekiel, we notice, is not sure how to answer this question. And as Ezekiel struggles to find his answer to the question of God, God is the one who intrudes to provide an emphatic and a defiant answer. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, you and I here at First Church look upon our setting for ministry. A challenging setting for ministry, isn't it? A setting which finds us not in a neighborhood, but in an uptown retail setting, a challenging uptown retail setting. It is a setting in which we may wonder, how can we live? It is a setting calling us to hear loudly and clearly, boldly and without distraction, emphatically and faithfully, God's admonition that these bones can live. Did you hear that? It's not Ezekiel who says these bones can live. Who says this? It's God. God who tells Ezekiel and tells his people, these bones can live. There is a future for you, even in this unlikeliest of circumstances. So for those of us looking over what we believe to be a valley of dry bones, those of us wondering, can these bones live? The Lord says, behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. Now we may know that the same word translated breath may also be translated as wind or as spirit, The Hebrew word for wind or spirit is ruach, which is a fun word to say, if nothing else. Ruach. Just, you got to give it ruach. Come on. You got to get the back of the throat, the guttural there. Ruach. So as God tells his prophet, I will cause breath to enter you, God is also saying, I will cause spirit to enter you. And God does this. And these dry bones... They come together after sinew and flesh cover these bones. God's breath comes upon them and they live and and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great host. 
So we who wonder more than once, gazing upon our setting in life, who wonder, can these bones live, have God's answer. According to God, yes, these bones can live. So our church council met this past Thursday, gathered around tables in our fellowship hall. We, we addressed the necessary reports before each council meeting. We then carried on our conversation centered on the book, The New Adapters. The New Adapters is written by a young United Methodist pastor in Nashville named Jacob Armstrong. We recalled how from the first chapter of this book, Armstrong invites us to look at this setting for ministry as our mission field. He reminds us the ministry we offer is to be ministry speaking to this setting for ministry, to the needs of this community. We then moved into chapter 2, in which Armstrong proclaims that the good news we offer is to be good news for the poor. Conversation about this chapter of good news being good news to the poor, and he's not just speaking financially. Conversation about this chapter led us into conversation regarding opportunities for ministry before us as First Church. We, for example, we talked about the ministry of, of something that's like a sidewalk Sunday school, kind of a, a portable vacation Bible school in which you can go into the neighborhoods or to apartment complexes and offer crafts and food and songs and a lesson. A sidewalk Sunday school. We've been contacted about that and, and we're looking into this. We've also been contacted by the local hospital. It seems many of the staff at the local hospital are having children, praise the Lord, but it also presents challenges for the employees at the hospital to find childcare. So an administrator of the hospital who's had children in our learning center contacted us to see if there are ways we can work together, whether at the hospital or here, to help ease these childcare concerns. We spoke of, of taking meals beyond the walls of the church to serve this community. We spoke of other ministries that may take place within the gift that is the Uptown Ministry Center. Now it's true, these are ambitious goals for ministry. Yes, these ministries are not going to happen in and of themselves. Yes, for such ministry to happen, there will be work that must take place on our part. We will be moved from our comfort zone. We will be asked to participate. Again, this was conversation before us at church council this past Thursday. Before the 12 of us who were gathered there, as many members could not be with us, the youngest member present at this council meeting, by far, Megan Mitchell, in other words, this was not a youth or young adult meeting at which this ministry conversation was taking place. But to listen to this conversation may lead us to believe otherwise. Because as I listened in and shared on this conversation, I was hearing impressive energy expressed. I heard the call for passion. I heard the belief that there are great ministries yet before us. In spite of the fact that there was not a great number of young persons at this table, that there are many elderly within this community of faith, this was not offered or accepted as an excuse for not embracing new ministries 
God may entrust to us. Instead, it was Jim Roberts, Brother Jim, who reminded us of wise words spoken by the pastor of one of his daughters, if I remember correctly. Says this pastor to Jim and Connie's daughter, if you're not dead, you're not done. Well, we're not dead, and we're not done. Not because of any virtue on our part, but because it's not the nature of God to let us go and to be done with us. That's why we're here this morning. God, by his breath, by his spirit, has stirred us awake. God has brought us here. God has something to say to us still. God has a word for us still. God pours his spirit upon us still because that's the nature of God. And it's true. It's true we feel a particular need for the refreshing, life-giving spirit of God this morning. We feel the need for something life-giving, life-affirming today. In this week that has found us struggling with the shock and grief related to the death of a young man long associated with his congregation last Sunday. In this week also finding us dealing with a very serious injury and hospitalization of a young man who along with his family is part of this community of faith. We hunger for life, God's life-giving spirit. In this week which finds many of us in this community of faith and in the community at large still recovering from torrential downpours of just 48 hours ago. We need the rush of God's mighty wind. We hunger for that rush of his wind. All of us, all of this telling us that God has not forgotten us. We hunger to know that God remembers us. God fulfills his saving and healing word. God still intrudes into the life of his people. We hunger to know, especially this morning, God still brings life and healing and new beginnings. Weary and tired, we need to know that news this morning. And looking upon this valley of dry bones, we need to know, can these bones live? And we echo this question of God, spoken to God's prophet Ezekiel, can these bones live? And God's answer given to Ezekiel, given to all the peoples on Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, is the answer that is spoken in you right now. Yes, these bones can live. Yes, these bones, though weary and tired, are bones still very much alive. It can be no other way, because again, remember the nature and the desire of God. For new each day are the mercies of God. New each day, including this day, is the gift of God's Spirit. God, even now, breathes life into his people. God pours out his Spirit. God baptizes us with purifying fire. And we live an exceedingly great host. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, wherever it happens to be, in whatever condition it finds itself. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants and my maid servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and these bones shall live an exceedingly great host. Amen. Let us stand. We share our affirmation of faith, a modern affirmation, number 885. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. As we stand, I invite us to welcome one another. We pass the peace of Christ. As we find our places, we prepare to worship God with his tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, you pour your spirit upon us, you pour all blessings upon us, and you give to us this time to know you, to worship you, to serve you. And we pray that these gifts offered to you may be a blessing to your people, may bring glory to your name. Amen.
I invite us to go to God as we pray, and we will share responsively in the prayers of the people. We share in this pattern of prayer in which I will offer various petitions. I will conclude each of the petitions with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and invite from you the response, hear our prayer. We go to God as we pray, and then we will conclude with the prayer that Christ has taught us. Let us pray. Lord, as we worship, we hear of the mighty works of God. As we worship, we proclaim the mighty works of God. And we do this, O oh Lord, because it is your nature to pour your spirit upon us, to give to us life, and to proclaim that you are a God who gives life, and that you can bring life even to the most barren of situations. You can give life to dry bones. And Lord, we are witness of your gift of life that these bones can live. Lord, in your mercy, and hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Beverly Davis and her family. Lord, in your mercy, hear us as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. mercy. Hear us as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. For those recovering from, those recovering from floodwaters. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and mission. Lord, in your mercy. Howard, Council on Bishops, the Ministries of First Church. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers, offered with those of your saints who join us as we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Our closing hymn, God of grace, and God of glory, we stand as we sing. Thank you.